Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, and wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Dr. Bryce Rudder. He is a renowned specialist in ergonomic product design and is the leading worldwide expert in the design of handheld products. His work ranges from robotic surgical systems, surgical instruments, to smartphones, computer input devices and wearables, to food and beverage packaging, and beauty and personal care products. Wow! Well, I just want to know, am I weird, am I wonderful, or am I wacky? A lot of people you ask know? that. So let me tell you, when I say weird and wacky, it's in the good way. Okay. Not right. like you're psycho crazy. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of that going on too. Oh, so. this is going to be a fun <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, bring it but, on. you know, I'm weird and wacky mm-hmm. in my in a good way, mm-hmm. right? And I love people that, you know, because you have to admit you're, you're going to be a little weird and wacky if you were looking at something and you're mm-hmm. thinking, I shall make that differently and in a much better way. Absolutely. You have to have a little bit of that going on. You have to have a lot of that going on. <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, in my world, uh, everything's possible. Right. Uh, and I always ask the question, what if? Uh, where if you uh, talk to kind of traditional, maybe engineers or uh, other people more in line work, it's like, well, you know, I can't even imagine that. So we're always kind of kicking down the door. Right. Looking into the future. And uh, spending some really cool time with some brilliant, you know, scientists and, you know, uh, uh, thought leaders in business. Uh, so I think it's, it's the coolest job on the planet. Well, it is cool. I mean, so talk about, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if, so Metaphase is mm-hmm. the name of your company. And if somebody goes to that website, they are going to get an eyeful of coolness, right? Because it's, it's here is this boring thing and mm-hmm. we made it look like this. There you go. So yeah. tell me some of your, and it's functional. I mean, it's, yep. it's not like, oh, I can't, I can't figure out how to use this thing now that's designed mm-hmm. this way. So talk about some of your more fun projects. Okay. Well, uh, industrial designers, uh, the majority of us are famous for designing cool looking things that don't work, <laughs> uh, which I call art. Uh, so w- where we've carved out a unique niche and it sounds uh, um uh, logical. Uh, we like to design things that really work and are seamless extensions of your body, and then also just titillate your eyes, you know, and and give you a really uh, wonderful full sensory experience. So, how does it sound? Uh, does it sound nice, or is it just you know great on you? How does it look? You know, what's its visual signature? What's its acoustical signature? And what's its haptic signature when you pick it up? And you touch um, it. Can I just say the word haptic? Okay. <laughs> I love that word. Okay. I got to tell you, because I was listening to your TEDx Gateway Arch oh, yeah? talk today, you know, and I was like, haptic. I need to put that in a few sentences today. So please, please continue with haptic. Oh, my. All right. Well, haptics, uh, <laughs> uh, for those who are new to the word, it's basically a, kind of a, a much more fuller interpretation of the concept of, of human touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I like it because it really embraces uh, not just the physical aspect of it, but it links back into the other senses uh, and really kind of makes it more of a uh, an immersive uh, experience. But back to your, your original question, you know, some of the uh, things that we've uh, worked on that uh, were fun and, and I think cool, um, I'd be surprised if you don't own something or haven't used something that we've designed. Um, so it could be uh, something as simple as uh, the Gatorade uh, uh, bottle that has that elliptical cap on it. Oh, yeah. That is, you know. Yep. You know, well, I have a, my know. daughter is an athlete, yeah. so we do the Gatorade thing. Okay. Gotta so, have that. So we did uh, crazy things. Uh, we did a lip study 
to figure out what size that should be, you know, to get that right uh, kiss of the ah, bottle, so to speak. interesting. A uh, lip study. A lip study. That had to be something interesting it to be is. a part of. We've, we've done some uh, pretty strange uh, studies. We've done armpit studies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where we've casted armpits uh, to determine the topology of your armpit, because if you're designing deodorant, you need to know that. Uh, so again, we're trying to bring the science and the and the human anatomy uh, to really shape and inform creativity. Um, we do a lot of serious products in the medical space. Uh -huh. uh, which, uh, you know, I love that because we're not just filling up the planet with more stuff. Right. Uh, you know, there's a real purpose for it. Um, but I also like the intellectual challenge when we're uh, working on a, uh, let's say, a robotic surgical system. Uh, the challenge is not only, you know, the minor challenge is how does it look? How does it, uh, you know, does it look sexy, uh, right. you know, in right. the surgery? In but the, the surgery, yeah, you yeah, go yeah. into surgery and we're like, hey. Yeah. But Operate the, on me, robotic no arm. <laughs> but the most important part is uh, how, do I, how do I make that surgeon be a better surgeon? Right. And do that through uh, human factors engineering uh, and design. So we're not only talking about the physical uh, interface that uh, he or she would uh, touch. Uh, we're talking about how does the, the graphical user interface design or the GUI. Or the GUI. There you are. <laughs> the GUI, you know, is it intuitive? And, uh, you know, we all have cell phones. We use uh, uh, so little of the, the, uh, the power in our cell phone because the user interface is really not that well thought through. Right. You know, there's a lot of junk in there that we really don't access yeah. for a variety of reasons. Yeah, right. You know, or a lot of apps that we thought we were going to use that we don't. <laughs> right, right. Um, if you would have asked me if I would uh, be designing uh, nippers, clippers, and uh, eyelash curlers so when I was back in college, I would say, are you kidding me? But we're doing that. Right. Uh, and the way that we uh, design those things for uh, Revlon is that uh, we'll sit down uh, in a salon uh, in Manhattan or Chicago or L.A. We'll, we'll watch how a pro uh, does a pedicure or a manicure. And we, we see what the, the experts, you know, those are the, right. the Michael Jordans of their industry. How do they really use the tools? And then how can we design tools that would allow you sitting on the side of your tub at home have the same outcome as a pro doing you That's in a salon? That's so cool. Um, so we've done paintbrushes, and uh, you know we all probably paint one room a year, and we hate it, most of us. Yeah, I, you know? I don't like it. And you get more more paint on the window than you do <laughs> than you do on the trim. Paint goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, and spatters. <laughs> so uh, in, in a program uh, that we did for Sherline, uh, which is a, a Newell uh, company, uh, we did time motion studies of professional painters. And we looked at uh, all of their, uh, you know, ticks and behaviors. Uh, and you find things like uh, all, the, all the painters, the pros, they have one paintbrush that they cut the handle off. Really? And, and it's like, well, what's the deal there? He said, well, how else are you going to get in behind a toilet or in those hard nooks, crooks, and crannies? Ah. So we designed a specific uh, handleless brush. Uh, for that purpose that uh, create a lot of intellectual property for our client. How cool. Uh, and we figured out that uh, professional painters can, can trim out really fast. So we looked at the grip that they use, and then we tried to design a paintbrush so that when you pick it up, once a year that you're going to hold it like a professional because we know from a biomechanics and motor control standpoint that you'll be more accurate. Uh, in That's painting. so, uh, and I have to imagine for, for someone like a mm -hmm. surgeon, also it helps with the whole carpal tunnel, Absolutely. the repetitive behavior. You know, when you're doing that repetitive, repetitive, and it's it's starting to mess with your 
hand or yeah. muscles or ligaments or what have mm-hmm. you, that that would alleviate that as well. Absolutely. So uh, what we discovered on the paintbrush is, you know, the cramp you always get when you're, you're painting, it's kind of in your upper arm. The uh, paintbrushes, most paintbrushes are pretty flat. Right. Which means that your hand is is like a uh, is closed very tight on it. By just increasing the thickness of the paintbrush, changes the biomechanics between your hand and the brush. And when we open it up, we find a sweet spot that eliminates the cramp. So you don't have to squeeze it like a death grip while right. you're painting. Right. How uh, interesting. So some other crazy things uh, that we've worked on. Uh, you can't live in St. Louis and uh, not do a, a beer can for Budweiser. <laughs> there right. you so go. We did the, uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, that was hard research, you know. Uh, yeah. You know. Try this can yeah. out. Now that can. You know, have another drink. Oh, yes. I feel for you Yeah, on this. you know, it's someone's got to do it though, right? <laughs> uh, but we did the bow tie can, which is a, uh, we're really proud of that. It, it, it really plays well with the uh, Budweiser logo. Right. Uh but one of the things, uh, you know, that struck me, um, I, I've always believed that the beauty is in the details. Right. And that last 20% is really worth it. So if you look at the, uh, the brands that, that really get good design, world-class design, you know, like Apple is a great example. Uh, Tesla is a great example. They sweat each and every detail down to the box. Uh, and yes. how you open the box and the out-of-the-box experience. Um, on the beer can, the first thing that we did, they need, needed a, a a quick hit to kind of, you know, uh, interest Budweiser drinkers. Right. So every every Budweiser can has a pull tab. Yes. But if you look at the pull tab now, it's red, the Budweiser color. And rather than just having a hole cut in the pull tab, it's in the shape of the crown. And that oh, turned cool. that, that resonated so well with Budweiser drinkers. Yes. And you just think, wow, oh, it was such a small detail. But what it did... Uh, for the brand personification was well worth the investment. Absolutely, because uh, so. pull tabs all look the same. Right, So right. You, you designed a really cool pull tab yeah. for that, that was like very branded to <laughs> yeah, them. Absolutely. And then you think about, uh, you know, your example with uh, making surgeons better and, and surgical instruments. Uh, things that are in your hand, handheld instruments, uh, just by changing the diameter a millimeter can make the difference between super precision and control and dexterity to having to feel like a fence rail in right. your hand. And then the challenge that we always deal with is that, you know, you and I come in different sizes and shapes. So we've got, you know, small female hands to large male hands, different strengths, uh, different uh, uh, dexterous uh, possibilities uh, between them in terms of age or in terms of uh, training. So then how do you design one instrument to fit all? So to me, that's that's the, uh, the real juggernaut on right. all of our, our hand-intensive products that we've got to crush. Well, that is awesome information. I just made it all up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did great. You're doing great so far, Bryce. Well, we're going to take a quick break, okay. and we will be right back with Dr. Bryce Rudder. Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com.
And we are back with Dr. Bryce Rudder. So we've been talking about all these amazing things mm-hmm. you designed, but did not one of them show up with Oprah somewhere along yes. the line? Please well, tell of us. Of course, uh, uh, we did a uh, an exfoliating um, device. I shouldn't call it a device. That sounds. Uh, uh, <laughs> this yeah. is major exfoliation right. about to happen here. <laughs> but it was. It was. It was a a really nice Revlon product that uh, hit a good strong home run for those those people. But again, uh, we just didn't sit around a table with a glass of red wine in our hand and kind of say, "Well, I wonder what we're going to do." Right. All of our design is is uh, shaped and informed by research. So half of our our business revenues are are actually doing the upfront research, trying to figure out how you think, how you feel, uh, and how you behave. And why do you behave the way you do? So we have that component. And then the other component that we uh, uh, use to to help us on the front end is that we say, all right, uh, let's say it's going to be a beauty tool or or a surgical instrument. What is the task that is going to be done? what is the best way for us to shape it so that you have optimal control and precision over it in your hands? Right. And bringing the the ergonomic uh, detailing in on the front really helps us constrain our thinking to solutions that make sense rather than things that look beautiful that really don't fit us or right. that are not intuitive. Um, so I love that part, you know, which is really trying to figure out what to design. Uh, the very fuzzy front end is like putting the consumer on the couch. Uh, and you're the psychologist, you know. <laughs> you know, how do I make them uh, look Tell at it? Tell me a, about your exfoliating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyways, that that was a cool, uh, cool thing for us, you know. Uh, so, did they like? Did they say, "Hey, we're coming out with this new exfoliation line, mm-hmm. and we need it to look beautiful but be functional at the same time?" And they they come to you with that, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, where do you find people that? Test the product. Like, yeah. how do you become the exfoliating text, the tester? You know, where? How, I mean, do, sure. do you conduct those kind of studies? Have people fill out surveys or watch them? Mm-hmm. Or so you've got to watch them, mm-hmm. um, and you've got to watch them in a way that uh, doesn't cause them to behave abnormally. Right. Uh, which is common in a focus group because they know there's a half a dozen people behind that one-way uh, mirror. Uh, eating M&Ms all day long, you know. So they're not trying to, in a focus group environment, they're not trying to trick you, but the human nature is that... I'm being watched. I'm being watched. And also, there's eight other strangers here, so I'm really not uh, going to easily convey to you how wacky my habits are. Instead, uh, you know, I think of uh, uh, the work we did on the Venus Razor. Uh, We did uh, um, over 750 uh, uh, shower studies, uh, where we videotape women shaving with different designs in the shower. Then they they were good with that in the shower. Well, there weren't. <laughs> I, I, you know, let me just put one thing to rest wait, here. Let, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me correct the visual on that. They were they were wearing a uh, bathing suits. Okay. Okay, that's good. All right. So, uh, but but in that particular case, uh, we're not only watching their performance and seeing you know which design. Uh, is easier for them with their uh, non-dominant hand when they have to switch hands, shaving your legs or, or your armpits or whatever. Um, we're also looking at all of the, the things inside the shower. Oh, because one of the things that came out of the, the research is, obviously Gillette wants to sell blades. Uh, that's, right. that's their money. And we found a, a behavior with women that if the 
extra blade or the, the fresh blade was X number of feet away from the shower, they wouldn't step out and get it because they'd drip on the floor. Sure. And they'd grab uh, their spouse's shaver, maybe use that, which is always a, you know, uh, a game Guys burner. love that. Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> ah, you can use my razor. You can use yeah. my razor, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. So you, you discover so many things uh, right. by just going to the, what I call going to the point of sweat. That's where you need to uh, do the research. And you need to watch what people do and you need to listen to what they say they do, which are usually two different things. But what they say they do is the emotional baggage uh, that they bring to the point of sale. So we will design things into products that respond or, uh, or connect with you just in terms of your perception of what you need in a product. Mm-hmm. And then when you take it home and use it, we design things that really functionally help you uh, to perform. So there's, there's two sides to that design equation that right. depending upon the product, you know, uh, they may uh, shift in terms of emphasis. In a surgical uh, domain, functionality is king. Right. Now, what's fascinating is that, uh, and I've had this conversation with, with surgeons. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking at my surgical instrument. It's a $5,000, you know, instrument and it's stainless steel. So what is it? You know, I leave here. I jump in my C4 Porsche. I go to the, uh, uh, you know, the racket club. I pick up a carbon graphite rab- racket, play some uh, tennis. I go home and I turn on my, you know, $15,000 Rotel stereo system. I can totally relate with this story. <laughs> <laughs> There's three people on the planet that live that way. No. <laughs> so they say, well, why can't my stuff be as sophisticated as that? Well, their stuff has not been designed. It's been engineered. Right. Uh, so what I find uh, we do more in medical uh, product design is that we're taming technology. Uh, we're trying to design it in a way that the, the person, the user, has 100% access to the potency of what the technology affords. Uh, but we also want to have a cool factor with it. Because right. that's the icing on the cake. Right. And why can't you? You know, a lot of people think, well, that costs more money. And it's like, it really doesn't. You know, it's just thinking differently. Right. Uh, it's the same materials. We're going to just massage them in a little bit of a different way and have a better outcome uh, for that. And that helps the sell-through. It helps also uh, design, uh, or excuse me, helps define the brand and what the brand stands for. So there's always this dialogue in, in every product that we design is what is the image we want to convey? Right. What does that brand stand for? And uh, all right, uh, uh, Mrs. P and G, uh, you know, with Dove, uh, what's what's the personification that you're trying to convey? Right. Uh, because we can manipulate form and color and textures to really cause that to happen. You know, design and is get an that instrument. emotional Absolutely. kind of connection with the product. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because I remember at one point in my life thinking. Why did cheap cars have to look cheap? Like, can't someone just figure out a way to yeah. make them? Because you got your 16-year-old kid that you're going to get this little, you know, I, I call them kickstand cars. Yeah. You need a little kickstand car for them. But does it have to look, like, really ugly and horrible? Mm-hmm. And and honestly, now the kids, I mean, they have really cute cars they that do. are not that expensive. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of it doesn't have to cost more. Mm-hmm. It just has to look better. Right. That's it. You know, you can do it, yeah. right? And I love that thought process. Yeah. So I'll tell you an interesting car story then. Okay. All right? So uh, we did some work for uh, the major supplier to the automotive industry for interior lighting. And our design brief was is that uh, 
you know, Buicks sell into, you know, typically, uh, you know, their their persona is a male, you know, right. skews older, blah, blah, blah. And these cars sell into that. We want to know, uh, when you get in the car and you look at yourself in the, in the visor, uh, where should we position the lights and how intense should the lights be and the color balancing so that you look fabulous. Oh. Now, you, you may Can be... Can you go talk to department stores about this with the dressing rooms? Because I, I swear they put the almost horrible lighting in those places. It is. But I'm sorry. I, just, no. I had to just say, maybe you should go talk to Macy's or something. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Let me write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get you in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it was just a fascinating study. So, we had this jig set up. It was, a, uh, um, it was the interior of a car. And we had lights all over the place. So, you'd get in and you could turn on lights in different combinations and you could turn them up and down. And what we really found is that there were patterns uh, that if you uh, had uh, um, dark skin and you were of this age and you wore glasses, then there was a certain configuration. If you were light-skinned and you didn't wear glasses, there was a different... If you were a, a woman versus a man, there was a little bit of a difference. Interesting. So then with that information now, these guys can go back uh, in, a, in a design phase and say, all right, all Buicks are going to have this lighting system because here's who's buying Buicks. Here's who's buying Malibus. So let's do that. Uh, so I think that's kind of cool because now we're really, we're cool. really using uh, science, the science of perception uh, to really shape and inform interior lighting solutions in automobiles. I love it. There's, and I can look good in my automobile then, and, even better than I think I absolutely. look. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, thank you, yeah. Dr. Rice. We're going to take another quick break okay. and we'll be right back. Thank you. This is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, or reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. And we are back with Dr. Bryce Rudder, and we're going to do questions, but first, mm -hmm. we need to find out where do you get these people that are in the studies? How it's do you a, find it's a great question. Um, so, the brands that we work with, uh, they do extensive research on who's buying their stuff. So they have a uh, in 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 vast majority of cases they have a, a very good profile. So the profile for uh, let's say a Budweiser uh, beer drinker, uh, there's a certain kind of age bracket. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a certain uh, skew to gender uh, and so forth. And there's a uh, there's a whole um, psychometric uh, profile of how much do they make, where do they live, um, what do they drive, what are the other things they surround themselves with. So the way that we get uh, we recruit people is that there are professional agencies. That's a, that's all they do. Really? So I can come back and say, all right, I need fifty subjects for um, testing out some new tweezers uh, for Revlon. I want uh, uh, because. Women buy most of that stuff. Right. Uh, I want, uh, of the 50, I want 80% to be uh, women. I want them to be between, I want some young hands that are not afflicted with aging. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want some old hands. So we'll, we'll specifically give them age ranges. 
uh, in that old age range, uh, let's say I'm going to recruit 15, I want half of those. Well, I can't can't cut that in two easily. 16. That would be mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. so much for that that subject, right? Uh, I want uh, eight of them to have arthritis. Oh, gotcha. Uh, because I want to see how that really impacts, uh, you know, usability and design. So we have uh, uh, recruiting agencies that, that we use well, around the world. too, you think, with that. Because, Absolutely. you know, I mean, my eyesight just keeps going down as mm-hmm. I get older. And I can imagine with tweezing, that's a thing. Absolutely. You know? Well, you think about tweezing, you can't see the darn hair. So the uh, last one that we designed for them is that there's a light between the... And that. and it and it just shines a light on the on the little gnarly uh, hair that you're going after. Oh, cool! So it, sometimes it's the, the simplest and the most obvious thing, but as I tell uh, my clients, they look at it and say, "Well, that's obvious, and we like it." Well, if it was that obvious, why didn't you do it? Yeah, why you didn't know? you do it on your right, own? So I had to do a big study to make this happen for you. Right, Be happy. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, are you ready for questions? I am. This is one of my favorite. No tough time. ones though. No, oh no, they're all easy, okay. and you have free license. Okay. Right. So if you're like. I don't know what to say. Then we just go whoop. Okay. We just whoop right. into another direction. Um, but they're all in your wheelhouse. So is there a product out there that you really think you want to tackle? Like you look at all the time and go, oh my word, you people need me. Yeah. There, I'm, I'll give you two answers for that. There is a group of products that I'm uh, uh, on the hunt for right now. Um, it's becoming more and more apparent as I be- become older and older that uh People who age, uh, we go from buying objects of desire mm-hmm. to being forced to, to buy objects of necessity. Right. And when you look at the uh, uh, portfolio of products that that help people uh, as they age in place longer and want to live in their own home longer, they're hideous. You and I have had a conversation yes. about walkers with tennis balls on it. Yeah. And I know that there's nice walkers out there, but if you look at the mass market, that is the state of the art because that's what Medicare, Medicaid cover. They make covers for them now, which is not helping. Right. So um, that's a space that we're working in. Uh, and, and my goal, uh, personal goal, because I've been on the other end of the stick, I've been a patient in a hospital, and that was not fun. No. You talk about a, 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 a consumer experience that strips you of your dignity. Uh, right down to having your rear end hanging out of these uh, crunchy, you know, gowns. They call them a gown. I, I call it like sandpaper. Yeah, um, I gotta agree with you. They they could use some help with customer service, and let's remember that these are people, and that people right. need to retain their dignity even with the ugly ass ground gown on. So, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. I mean, let's make cute gowns. Absolutely. Uh, that cover. Right. Uh, so I. That's one area that I really want to work I love in, that. and it could be as simple as rethinking what a cane is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my dad is a great example. You know, he he uh, didn't want to use uh, the aluminum cane uh, with the gr- uh, gray rubber knob on the end. Yep. And uh, I found a, an English walking stick, which is basically a style statement, but it's a cane in 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 hiding. Right. Right. And it has. No stigma attached to it. In fact, now it's a style statement. So I think that's a great example of, of the potency of design, how it can change uh, a person's outlook to, uh, towards life and towards themselves, uh, rather than all of the things that aging people uh, surround themselves with. It, it just keeps reminding you, I'm getting old. Yeah. This is not fun. Uh, right. You know, but uh, just because you age doesn't mean that you actually search out ugliness. Uh, and compromise. It's just that no one is addressing that. 
I love that. And it, and it makes you feel better about, I mean, so, so as a, a person, a woman with no hair, and mm-hmm. I haven't had hair for a very long mm-hmm. time, that was one of my things. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, okay, if I am going to live the rest of this life without hair, right. I have to learn how to rock this baby. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I looked around at the offerings. Mm-hmm. I thought I can't just put a bandana on my head. So I like actively sought out a look for me mm-hmm. that you know where I can I can go out and look this way. I can be a bald woman mm-hmm. and still, you know, be cute and have fun and face the world. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important yeah. because so many people, I mean, if they're mm-hmm. not given you know, if it's like oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go out with this walker, I am going to feel so horrible about right. my world. Right. So if we can do that in a way that's awesome and cool and doesn't make you feel yeah. like, ugh. I mean, think of what they've done with limbs. Like when yeah. people have lost their limbs out and then they got these cool arms and, yeah. and uh, everything's so much cooler looking yeah. now. So the example that I, I uh, use when I'm talking to uh, uh, companies is uh, I'm old enough to remember the first umbrella stroller that we had, you know, uh, 28 years ago. And uh, they were very functional but that's it. Right. They, they didn't have any style to no. them. But now I can get a Jeep uh, stroller. I can get a, a stroller that, that you press crazy. a button, it folds itself yeah. up, and it has a, a solar array to keep your, you know, charge your <laughs> cell phone so you can ignore your child. You know, it's all those, uh, you know, wonderful features that we all search out. Uh, so that's one category that I think is, and it's the first one in my life uh, where a social cause and a business uh, successful business actually complement each other because that's low-hanging fruit and you can right. make some money on it. Right. Uh, usually one comes at the cost of the other. Uh, so I think that's a unique opportunity. And do space. good. Yeah. Do good for people. I yeah. love that. That's awesome mission. Mm-hmm. Okay. In your TED Talk. Yes. You talked about James Bond. You talked yes. about the... All right. So All right. you got to tell me your favorite James Bond gadget. Do you have a well, favorite James Bond gadget? I, I love cars. <laughs> Uh, and I think the uh, coolest one was the uh, uh, Bond car that cloaked. Uh, it had, it would ah. turn invisible because it would reflect all of the image of the surrounding environment. So you, you would, it would just disappear. But isn't that a thing now? That's like a real thing that can happen now, right? Yeah, some of the stuff they're doing with uh, nanotechnology and, and paint systems. Um, uh, I met a, a chap who's a CEO of the biggest nano uh, company in North America. And right now, they have developed a paint system that you can run a slight charge through it and change the color. So he said, imagine that you have a red car and you go out and you say, you know, I want a blue one today to match my suit. Uh, bang, you can change it. Oh, how could, so, you know what that reminds me of? I think it was, ter- no, not Terminator. It was a different Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Now I can't remember which one, but there's, mm-hmm. but he... It's the one where he 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 has that weird vacation experience. I think I don't remember yeah. the name of, but there's a there's a scene in it where a lady is painting her fingernails, oh, really? and then she can change the color of them. Oh, cool! According yeah. to like, so whatever paint she was like, ding ding mm-hmm. ding, and changed it. I was like, oh, yeah. wouldn't that be handy? It would be handy. Oh, I love that. And Very I do love, cool. And I do love the watch. You know, it's such a signature Bond piece. You know, and I shared with you, you know, uh, with the crowd at that TEDx. You know. Uh, I have the Seamaster watch with the blue face and, uh, you know, maybe once a week or something like that for that three picoseconds in the morning <laughs> when I slip my watch on, I just like, man, Bryce Bond. <laughs> I am so Bond right now. Yeah. I am feeling the Bond. Yeah, it doesn't take much to entertain me, you can see, right? <laughs> I love it, yeah. though. That's great. Well, thank you for that. Okay, I have one more question. Okay. So this struck me. 
When when I was looking at your website, it talks about how 95% of the products we use involve our hands. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I'm really having a tough time with the other 5%. What do we not use our hands for? Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, voice-activated systems. Okay, you know, Ooh, there, that's, some, so that's becoming a thing, yeah. Yeah, it is. And in fact, uh, I was having a conversation uh, with a uh, medical manufacturer who wants to have voice-activated surgical systems so the doctor can kind of talk to it and control it uh, like Siri or like Alexa, um, which is a fascinating concept, but it right. also introduces uh, in a surgical suite some uh, interesting risk and no challenge. kidding! You know, someone sneezes and it turns up the thing, and uh, you know they cut an arm off or something. Right? Know, yeah. No, but you're right, and and I'm you know the when the voice activation first came out, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it ever understood me. It's like mm-hmm. I'm like I must have a very bizarre voice. Why doesn't yeah. it get? But my husband, he it would like understand him. Sure. And I'm like, okay, was this just? Did only he men were they were the men in the <laughs> in the study group and no women because oh, yeah. it doesn't seem to hear me. Yeah. but it's it has gotten better. Yeah, um, funny story about uh, uh, my house. You know, so I use Siri a lot mm-hmm. um, because I can talk faster than I can type, and I use Dragon software on my main computer because I can talk faster than I can type. Okay, so I go home and I'm yelling at uh, my Echo. And calling it Siri, and, try, and it's like the darn thing is broken. <laughs> and I got the wrong name. You know, it's like I have t- too many say, women that in my isn't life. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, start calling my wife uh, Joyce. Uh, you know, Alexa or uh, Siri. You know, <laughs> Alexa. <Yeah. laughs> I love yeah. it. Well, this has been so enlightening. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your stories with us. I love it. That was fun for me too. And thank, thank you, you for being a TEDx speaker. It was great. It was. I mean, I got to watch it again this morning. I had highly recommend anybody out there check it out it's a great story and you make people think great and you make the world a more beautiful place thank you so much not to mention easier to use absolutely so thank you for that and you guys have been listening to mishmash so go to itunes and subscribe to us because we always have awesome interesting and amazing people on have a great one bye